The Lazy Person's Book Club presents... Blame it on Hoboken. It's the funny music-fueled modern love story with a touch of mystery set in Frank Sinatra's hometown. You can blame it on the game, blame it on the bat, oh, blame it on my name. It doesn't matter. Today's episode, The Oddest Prime. Brought to you by... New music served with love and care. Take a seat in the eclectic chair. The Eclectic Chair with Trish Lewis. Two hours a week, stuffed with as much music as possible. Located at the intersection of big ears and an open heart. Radiochair.blogspot.com From Brooklyn Heights, the gang planks down, the love bug bites, all the skylights bells forever as long. Previously on Blame It on Hoboken, New York City tour guide Carolyn Cates is using an ancient math formula to find true love on a deadline. While on assignment in Hoboken, New Jersey, she meets and hires a pushy matchmaker named Jimmy Foss in a Sinatra impersonators club called the Friends of Frank. Join us now as Jimmy Foss takes Carolyn out on the town in New York City in broad daylight to take her mind off their search for her perfect guy. Ooh, is that him? (gasps) Ooh, is that him? Every man Carolyn and Jimmy passed could be her perfect square, she thought. Perhaps he'd been here all along, walking beside her to the subway, hailing a cab, stealing her cab. Take a breath, Toots. We're going to find your guy, but we can't rush the process. Think of it like we're looking for a set of lost keys. Your brain wants to look in the same old places. But the keys are right there, in plain sight, somewhere you can't see right now because... You're looking in all the wrong old places. So what do you say we focus on something else for a while? Okay, but what should we focus on? Take me on a tour. Show me three places a person should see, in your opinion. Are you sure we won't be wasting time? This is wasting time. Oh, well then. Right this way, Mr. Foss. Get ready to see the city's three best overlooked sites. Carolyn led Jimmy to the Uptown Subway. They rode the train to 125th Street and walked west to a small tree-lined park. Two stone benches stood on opposite sides of the park. A large, well-tended lawn stood between them. Okay, you sit on this bench, and I'm going to go sit on the bench across the park from you. Carolyn settled onto the bench across the lawn from Jimmy Foss and whispered into the stone arm of her bench. Hey, Jimmy. Tap twice on the arm of your bench if you hear me. Okay, your turn. Put your lips near the stone and say something softly. What do you call this place, Toots? These are called the Whispering Benches. I like the name. And this is a very interesting place. You're good at this tour guide thing, Toots. Really good. So, what's next? Carolyn's second favorite site in the city was located under an arch of the West Side Highway. I can't see one of those double-decker tour buses pulling up here, Toots. And I mean that in a good way. Carolyn pulled back a bunch of tall weeds, revealing a wooden door. It was small, less than three feet from the ground. We're going in there? Unless you'd prefer to stay out here. I'm just asking. Well, what do you know, Toots? 
I asked you for something worth seeing, and here it is. Carolyn and Jimmy were standing in a field in the middle of the city, but it looked as though they were underwater. Green sea glass dangled like seaweed from the branches of trees. Patches of sky flowed between the glass vines like water. A school of vodka bottle fish appeared to swim in the air, attached to the branches of the real trees overhead with fishing line. This place doesn't have an official name, but I call it the Broken Sea. Here is the song of the Broken Sea. If you listen closely, you can hear it playing as Carolyn and Jimmy survey the sights around them. I used to be at home, by my home out by the sea. I used to be at home. I used to be at home, by my home out by the sea. I used to be at home. Can you see? sea used to live on the marina off the highway but when houseboats got really trendy he got priced out you're two for two toots this place is beautiful in a really powerful way when life served this glass guy a plate of hard knocks he found a way to leave his mark you gotta love that but tell me something toots how do you top a site like this oh don't worry i've saved the best site for last Jimmy rode the subway back downtown to Reverend Evan's churchyard and Enid Hobb's grave. Carolyn showed Jimmy the arrows and the heart that were engraved on Enid's gravestone. She explained the secret symbol that the poet and her architect lover had created to talk about their love privately while in public. She explained how Enid's poem had become the hit song of the spring, Arrow of Love. She showed Jimmy the heart of stone engraved outside the architect's window across the street, and she showed it filling with sunlight reflected from his true love, the poet's grave. As she did this, her eyes filled with tears. As the heart fills with light, Enid and her true love connect across time and space. I don't cry, toots. You can't win them all. This place isn't that great, but the first two places you showed me were really good. Two out of three is not bad. No, 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 you've got it all wrong. This is the best landmark in the city. Everyone I've ever brought here sees that. Look, you've got two star-crossed lovers, a beautiful setting fueled by local history, and a daily solar-powered celebration of eternal love. I mean, that's why I'm crying, because Enid's story is so beautiful and so very sad. I hear what you're saying, Toots. The place is pretty, the story's sad, but if you ask me, pretty and sad are overrated. Carolyn glared at Jimmy Foss. She stared at Jimmy's broken nose and shook her head. The man really knew how to get under a person's skin. But everyone likes Enid's story. I'm not everyone, toots. But don't worry. I respect your professional talents, and I really enjoyed our trip around town. But you don't like Enid Hobb? I like Enid, but... I don't like the way you've been talking about her. She didn't get her happily ever after. That happens to lots of people. And she died. That happens to everyone. 
But look on the bright side. Dutch Enid Hobb has a number one song on the radio, and her boyfriend built her one heck of a house. If you ask me, she was luckier than most people. And I bet she was happier, too, because she did things her way. Caroline didn't know what to say after that. Jimmy Foss was rewriting Enid Hobbs' story upside down. It was as if someone had recast Romeo and Juliet as a comedy. Earth to Toots, are you hungry? What do you say to a slice of pizza? We could work through our differences while we break bread. Or, uh, knead dough. It'll be like an olive branch, only with pepperoni. Carolyn smiled. Jimmy Foss had a point. She was taking his opinion of Enid Hobb personally. And yes, oh, she was hungry too. You got a place you like around here? Somewhere that serves pizza from a takeout window where we could sit on a bench outside and chat undisturbed? I think I could take you to a place like that. Two slices, two sodas. Carolyn knew a place exactly like that. It was a little pizza kitchen that served slices through a window that opened onto the street. <laughs> two pepperoni slices, two sodas. She and Jimmy sat down on the bench across from the takeout window, pizza slices in hand. A little girl was riding down the sidewalk on a small pink bicycle. Look at me! A woman was running a few feet behind the little girl, but the bike was outpacing her. I'm flying! As the bike passed in front of Carolyn and Jimmy's bench, it began to list toward the busy street. Mommy, help! Before Carolyn could do a thing, Jimmy Foss jumped up and righted the little girl on her bicycle. Gotcha! Mommy, mommy, did you see? Did you see? I was going to fall, but then I fixed it all by myself. So, toots. We took some time off this afternoon for a good reason. But I think we should get back to work on the man thing tonight. Could we skip tonight and start tomorrow? I mean, I hate to do this, but I have plans. What kind of plans? I'm meeting my best friend Aggie and her boyfriend and a friend of theirs. You're going on a date. We're just going bowling. You're going on a blind date. This is good stuff. You know what they say, toots. Success is 99% preparation. So what time is this date? 8.30? Perfect. I'll pick you up at 8 sharp. I'm not sure you're invited. Oh, that's okay. I don't mind crashing a party. I'll see you at 8 tonight. The magic kicks off Saturday night when your ferry pulls in from Brooklyn Heights. The gang planks down, the love bug bites. All the skylights bells forever as long as we're together. We conclude this episode of Sharon Glassman's novel with songs, Blame It on Hoboken, available for purchase in physical and digital formats at SharonGlassmanLive.com. Today's episode features, in alphabetical order, Sharon Glassman as... Carolyn and the narrator. Connor Magyar as... Jimmy Foss. The songs of Blame It on Hoboken are written by Sharon Glassman and produced by Eric Turine. Join us next week, same time, same location, for another music-fueled episode of Blame It on Hoboken. Blame It on Hoboken comes to you from Studio 2B or Not To Be in Longmont, Colorado, and is syndicated on the Longmont Compass. Blame it, but don't tame it. Write our names and blame with it. No two days the same on it. Stake a claim for fame on it. Blame it on Hoboken. But baby, stay with me.